Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. As a companion piece to Cold Blooded, these are just some additional episodes to give you a greater insight into the crimes and lives of Private Carl Halton, alias Ricky Allen, and Elizabeth Baker, alias Georgina Grayson. The regular episodes of Murder Mile return at the end of January, with possibly a little surprise in between. Until then, thank you, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. <clears throat> Okie dokie folkies, uh, welcome back. Um, oh God, since, since uh, it's only been a couple of minutes since I did the uh, Elizabeth statements. I'm having a, a cup of coffee because it's bloody cold. I'm sitting inside with uh, uh, a hat on and my gloves on and uh, an extra jumper on. And uh, because I accidentally mentioned that I'd got a rock cake, oh, I've eaten the rock cake. So I don't have a cake left anyway. <laughs> so uh, what I'm going to do, th- there's three statements here from Carl. Uh, obviously, you've got the first statement we'll go through. This is relatively short. It's only about three pages. This is Carl... Uh, effectively just t- trying to act like he's giving information, but really not giving that much. Then you got the second statement when he knows Elizabeth, uh, i.e. Georgie, is being questioned and he starts to add more and more stuff. And then you've got the third statement where he's, he's adding more and more details to try and defend himself. So I think these are all kind of interesting aspects of uh, their personality. Um, okay, this is 11th of October, 1944. Uh, within the, um, the, uh, the criminal investigation division of the central division, uh, of the European theater of operations. This is because this is being, uh, aimed at, um, this is being taken by Dr. Doctor, this has been taken by Robert E. DeMott and Walter J. Riddle agents, uh, for the they were kind of the lawyers for him, but on behalf of the US military. So, uh, 11th of October 1944, uh, name Carl G. Holton, private, which is correct. Um, okay, here we go. Private Carl G. Holton, it is my duty to inform you of your rights. This is, this is kind of, uh, what them saying to him. Uh, it is your privileges to remain silent. Anything that you say may be used either for or against you in the event that this investigation results in a trial. Uh, do you thoroughly understand your rights? I do. Therefore, Carl signed at that point. Um, therefore, he says, I'm making the statement. Uh, my name, rank, army serial number and organisation are as shown above. I'm 22 years old, married and my home is in Boston, Massachusetts. I've been in the army since I was inducted on the 7th of May 1942. I've been in the European Theatre of Operations for approximately 11 months. My unit is now on the continent. 
I have been absent without official leave from my unit for approximately six weeks. I do not remember the exact date. During this period, I spent the greater part of my time in Hammersmith SW1. That's not correct. It's actually Hammersmith W6 uh, and W9, if I'm remember, depending on what part of Hammersmith you're in. Uh, until I was apprehended by the civil police. I mean, that was irrelevant. I don't know why I added that in. Apprehended by the civil police at approximately 9 p.m. on the 9th of October 1944 in Lurgan Avenue, Hammersmith. I have just left the... I had just left the home of my girlfriend, Joyce Cook, at 159 Fulham Palace Road and was getting into a Grey Ford V8 saloon, now known to bear the license number RD8955. See there, he doesn't mention that that car belonged to George Heath. Sunday the 1st of October 1944, late in the afternoon, I first met Joyce Cook. So Joyce is his girlfriend. Uh, I was leaving the Galmont Cinema Hammersmith with a civilian known to me as Len Bexley. We looked at each other when we were inside the theatre and sort of followed each other out. He's talking about Joyce. Uh, It was raining and we both ducked into the same doorway. We talked for a short while and then just as she was leaving, I made a date to meet her in the same doorway at 7pm that evening. He says 1900 hours. She kept this date and we went to the Broadway theatre. We came out of the theatre at about uh, 2200 hours i'm gonna even though he does this i'm gonna stick with our version so that's 10 o'clock p.m and it was dark and cold i told her that i had a truck and that we should uh, pick up the truck so that we wouldn't have to walk home in the dark and the cold the truck was a u.s army two and a half ton six wheeled uh truck of the 101st airborne division i picked it up in reading without authority on the 28th to the 29th of september 1944 the truck was the truck was parked in the old Galmont Cinema car park in Sussex Place, Hammersmith. This place appears to be no longer used. I first learned of it about eight months ago when I first came to London to pick up laundry. Joyce and I walked the truck, but after we got there, Joyce changed her mind uh, and wouldn't ride in the truck. So we walked back to her house. Um, at her house she introduced me to her mother at the time i was wearing a class a american officer's uniform uh, of a second lieutenant i introduced myself as lieutenant richard allen i had supper at joyce's house and left at approximately 1100 hours sorry uh, 2300 hours that's 11 o'clock and i returned to the truck and slept in the back of it i had two blankets in the truck My personal belongings were in a B4 bag bearing the name of Werner J. Meyer, which I had uh, checked into the check room. That's the what we would call the lost property office or kind of, you know, uh, left luggage uh, of the Metropolitan Tube Station in Hammersmith Broadway. We just go to the next page. That's a bit faster. I've learned to do this a bit faster now. Page two, just just a three pager. Uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, October the second, third, and fourth, I met Joyce each evening uh, at the bakery shop where she worked at about five thirty p.m. Each of these evenings, we went to a different theatre and then returned uh, to her home. I left her house each night at about uh, twenty one hundred hours, which is nine p.m. Have you noticed something yet? 
Interesting, isn't it? Uh, on Tuesday, the 3rd of October, 1944, I met a girl known to me as Georgina Marina Jones. That's interesting that he's using her full name there instead of Georgina Grayson. It's actually, it's actually Elizabeth Maud Jones, which would have been her married name at that point, uh, of uh, 311 Kings Road, Hammersmith. I met her in a little cafe on Queen Caroline Street, Hammersmith Broadway, I do not know the name. Uh, as I was leaving, I suggested that we meet there in front of the cafe at about uh, 9.30 p.m. and go for a ride in the truck. Uh, she met me after I left Joyce's house at about 9.30 p.m. and we went for a ride in the truck. So I've just repeated that line for some unknown reason. Oh, no, he did. What an idiot. Uh, I dropped her off at the house and we returned to the car park and slept in the truck. Before I left Georgina, I arranged to meet her the next night in the same place at the same time. Wednesday, the 4th of October, 1944, Joyce and I went to a movie, as mentioned before. After the movie, we went down to the car park and got into the truck and drove and I drove her home. Um, it's interesting because her home is, again, five minutes from the car park. Uh, I parked the truck in Lurgan Avenue in front of the door to Joyce's house. When I left Joyce at about 9 p.m., I drove the truck over. Oh, so I got hiccups. I drove the truck over to the cafe. There I met Georgina or Georgie, as he uh, would call her. Oh, hic bloody hiccups. Sorry. Um, we again went for a, a ride and then parked the truck in the car park. I went home with Georgina. He keeps writing Georgiana and spent the night with her. Have you noticed so far? He doesn't seem to be mentioning any of the crimes that they've committed so far. This is very much just, I've met some girls. I'm seeing two girls. I'm having a lovely time. Uh, nothing happened. Exactly the same as Elizabeth, i.e. Uh, Georgie. On Thursday, the 5th of October, 1944, I had arranged to meet Joyce at 3 p.m. as it was her half day off. I called at her home at about 2.30pm and told her that I couldn't keep up the dates as I had to go to camp. That was a lie. He even says here, I didn't go to camp. I went to Georgina's house and we went down to Victoria and went to see a movie. We saw Christmas Holiday with Deanna Durban. After the movie, we went, uh, we went to dinner and then went up to Georgina's house. I left Georgina's room at about about 10 p.m. She told me that I couldn't stay the night as her landlady had guests. I caught a bus in Hammersmith Broadway and took another bus to Joyce's house. See, even that doesn't make sense because it's like it's, it's five minutes. Uh, I got there at 10.15 p.m. I stayed there for a few minutes and then went, went back to the truck to sleep. I think that is more likely, even though he says he stayed in the hotel in, uh, I think he called it the Eccleston. I think it's more likely that he probably slept in the truck because don't forget he's able. Friday, the 6th of October, 1944, I again met Joyce and we went down to see a movie. We returned to the house after the movie and then remained there until about 2300 hours, which is 11 p.m. I went down to Georgie's house and whistled for her. She came down and suggested that we go for a walk. We went up and got her coat and then walked down to Hammersmith Broadway. We went into a little tea bar at 35 Fulham Palace Road, which is open all night. We had some tea, a sandwich, a piece of cake, and then left at twenty uh, at uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. We returned to Georgina's and I stayed the night. Now, that is the point where 
he is uh he and georgie actually murdered george heath but there's no reference to picking up a taxi at all there's no reference to being anywhere on king street you know it's all it's all quite discreet they did actually speak to the owner of the little tea bar on uh 35 fulham palace road and they couldn't remember that couple coming in but then again why would you unless you knew those people why would you specifically remember them so this next bit is uh the day after the murder of george heath so on saturday the 7th of october 1944 i got up around eleven thirty or 12 o'clock i shaved dressed and took the bus to the cafe at hammersmith broadway again lazy bastard uh i met i met helen bexley and we had lunch after lunch, uh, we went across the street to a pub. I don't know the name. We had a few drinks. Len suggested we go to White City and the dog races. I decided to go as he said that he knew of a racket there and that we could uh, pick up a few quid. I left the pub and we went down to pick up Georgina. It was then about two o'clock in the afternoon. We took a cab to White City. That makes sense because it's a bit of a, it's 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 a it's about twenty minute walk. See, I, I, I would have done that. I would have just walked it. Uh, and then, and Len paid the fare. Uh, we went to the dogs, and, uh, and I had about four pounds. I had three one pound notes, ten shilling note, and some change. Uh, at the races, I lost about one pound and ten shillings. The police always do this. If there's um, a moment in the story which seems inconsequential, they will always dive into exact details because it's amazing what other people remember. Like you might just, you might just say, like he says here, do you know, I had four pounds on me and then uh, three pounds in one pound notes and then 10 shillings and then some change. And I won this and I lost that. But when they start talking to other people and other people go, Oh, you know, he won nothing. And then someone else says, Oh yeah, he won big that night. Things start falling apart. Um, uh, at the races, I lost about one pound and ten shillings. I don't know exactly what Georgina won, but I think she won two or three pounds. She was betting with her own money and my money too. You see, that contradicts what she said. Cause she said she used his money only and she didn't earn anything off it. Um, after the races, we returned to Hammersmith. Len left and then went to work. Georgina and I went down to Victoria where we had dinner and went to a movie. I do not recall what we saw. I took her home and found that I couldn't stay there. Uh, so I returned to Victoria where I stayed the night in the Eccleston Hotel. I slept in the, I slept in the ballroom. I got up around noon the next day and went to Hammersmith. Final page. Uh, uh, I had lunch and looked for Len but couldn't find him. I went over to Joyce's house at about 2.30pm. I took a shirt with me for her to wash. What a lazy bastard. He can't even do it himself. Uh, it was a pink shirt, an officer's shirt. We left at about 3pm uh, and I went to the Galmont to see a movie. See, all he seems to do that week is just go to see movies. Oh my God, I went to see a movie. Oh my God. It's a gangster movie. Oh my God. Uh, after the movie, we went back to Joyce's and stayed until about 11pm at night. Uh, after I left Joyce's house, I went up to Georgina's house. I whistled and she came down. We didn't go any place. I stayed the night in her room. So as you can see, he's going back and forth, back and forth between different girlfriends. He may also have had another girlfriend as well. We're not too sure. Um, I had abandoned the two and a half ton six wheeled truck that Georgina and I had been riding round in on Friday morning. 
uh that's the 6th of october i abandoned this truck on a side road off king's road in hammersmith as it had a flat tire on the right hand side um so that goes with the uh the the the, uh the attempted murder of violet on Monday the 9th of October I left Georgina's house about 2.15pm I went down to Hammersmith to the old Goldmont Cinema car park as I was looking for a vehicle to steal in the car park I found a grey Ford sedan see that's interesting isn't it he's saying oh no no I I definitely didn't kill a guy and then steal his car I went to the car park and I just found it there Uh, which I had when the police apprehended me I took this car and went down to Oliver's Bakery where Joyce works I bought a cake. See, he's not a bad person, is he? He's not a bad person at all. I bought a cake, although it depends what type of cake it was, uh, and told her I was going back to the camp. I arranged to see her that night. I drove the Ford back to the camp at Newbury. I stayed at the camp for about 10 to 15 minutes and returned to Hammersmith. It's interesting. Why would he go back to the camp if indeed he was based at Newbury, given the fact that he's able? Um, I went directly to Joyce's house. I got there at about 4.30pm. I parked the car in Lurgan Avenue. I left Joyce's house at about 9pm that night, got into the car and the police apprehended me. When I was apprehended by the civil police, I had a 45 caliber US Army automatic revolver in my pocket. I had stolen this pistol from Staff Sergeant Irving Sherman. Uh, There were six cartridges in the clip and one in the chamber. I had another clip in my pocket and had six cartridges in it also. The only time I fired the gun uh, since I had it was on Wednesday the 4th of October 1944 when I fired it at a rabbit near Reading. I missed the rabbit. Obviously when he says I missed the rabbit he doesn't mean uh, boo-hoo-hoo I missed the rabbit. He means I shot at it and I missed. You knew that. Um, I do not know George Heath and I have never seen him. I only saw his picture in the papers. I swear that I didn't shoot him and I never saw the Ford. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And I never saw the Ford I had when I was apprehended until I found it in the car park on Monday afternoon of the 9th of October 1944. So he's entirely denying having anything to do with the murder. When I was picked up by the civilian police, they did not mistreat me in any way, nor did they question me. At no time did I... Mistre- was I mistreated by the CID or the Uf- US Army and I have made this statement voluntarily of my own free will without threats or promises of reward being made for me and after I had been fully warned of my rights that is the end of his statement obviously that end bit that he's done there is something that they just had to do anyway because there was that whole era of uh, police brutality so uh, there we go Um so that's so there's a, a boat making a horrible noise with its engine outside. It's fine. Normally I, w- I would get grumpy and, and stop recording, but this is the extra stuff. We can, we can get away with this. Um, so that was Carl's first statement. You could see that he's entirely denied a lot of stuff there. What we're going to do next is dive into the next statement. Uh, the next statement was uh, Carl's statement two. That was uh, the next day, so the 12th of October. And then there's another one after that. So uh, join me for that. Uh, thank you for enjoying. I hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, thank you for listening to and supporting Murder Have a good week, folks. Bye-bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.